0: Action. <laughs> hanging out with my friend again. Hanging out, my friend again. Hanging out, my friend again. Tristan Law, what up, dude? Nothing much, Corey. Thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> I, I've never gotten an intro to where it was like just for me.
0: Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I I'd like to keep it. I like to keep it as specific as possible. Can I get my intro again? Hanging out, my friend again. Hanging out, my friend again. Hanging out, my friend again. Welcome, Tristan Law.
1: Oh man, Corey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here on
0: Evolving with Corey Castle, and I have not seen you in such a long time. It's it's been too long, honestly, and and I think. I, I have to say, I, I did your podcast, the you Tristan Law Show, uh, and I had I had a blast. I had a great time. And, and there was so much that when I listened back to it, I was like, why didn't I ask those questions? Why didn't I ask you questions? Because most of the time, I'm in host mode. And right. when I was in guest mode, I was like, oh, I'll just let Tris ask me these questions, and I'll continue to let it flow the way he decides to let it flow. But I was like, man, we didn't get we didn't get much into your career and we didn't get much into your life. So it's like, you know what? I'll put, I'll put the host hat on. I'll put the host hat on and let, let Tris get the the guest pass (laughs) in this, in this planet evolving planet fitness. Well, in your defense, I was still brand new. You were episode five.
1: On the Tristan Law Show, episode five, season one, season one, episode five of the Tristan Law Show. So I was still brand new, and you probably, Corey, were one of the first people that I reached out to that I didn't know personally. You were a recommendation by right. someone else. That was a date. That was
0: a Dave knows. That's right. And Dave knew. And ever since then, we've been cool. Yeah, dude. I, and, I, and I have to say, the, the, one of the coolest things uh, that I've noticed about you since I started following you at that point. I've noticed that like every time I'm thinking a thing, like if I read a thing and I'm thinking it, I'll like I'll like look in the comments and you'll have already said the thing I was thinking. Or like you have already <laughs> asked the questions that were going through my head. And I was like, man, you are a thorough, dude. Very <laughs> thorough. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I like
1: to do, Corey, is use my social media, especially Twitter. And anybody that's watching, you could follow me at the reward. Not that you could follow me. You should follow me. At the real big Tris on Instagram and Twitter, because for me, I I like to use my social media to get myself and the Tristan Laws and everything else that I'm doing over. You know, I, right. I I work my social media. I don't let my social media work me.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, it, it's weird because you did it more of like a, a call to action, which I don't do enough of. When you're like, oh no, not not that you could follow. Me. You should follow me. Right. <laughs> it's a call to- I think everything goes into I and I say this constantly everything goes into there's this this amount of effort that I'm that I'm putting out that I'm putting out to to put a show out for you and uh, for for nothing for nothing and it's and it's not it's not that I that I'm that it's 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 not a chore for me it's absolutely a pleasure but uh if the least you can do is show me the tiniest bit of effort, like that's really the least that you can do. So when it comes to those calls of actions, which to me, I always feel like they're, they're like very phony baloney. I feel like when I'm like, Oh, please go ahead and like, and subscribe and follow. Like, Oh, I'm saying please. And I'm begging and it's needy and it's, and it's desperate and it's thirsty. And it's like, man, I, I am thirsty. I'm, I'm carrying this jug around with me. I'm thirsty as hell. You know what? I don't have a jug
1: today. I can't prepare it. I, I have a cup. It's a large cup. I can get about four pours of uh, of the gallon of water in here. I'm trying to be more civilized, <laughs> pinky up. But you, you see, Corey, one of the things that I do outside of wrestling is that I'm a salesperson. I've done sales for a, an extremely long time. And right now, I even sell houses. And one of the things that you that I realized a long time ago in sales, Corey, is you got to ask for the sale. So we sell them ourselves through our content, whether it be a podcast, it be a YouTube video, you know, whatever it may be. And some people they they like it, but they don't think to subscribe. You know, they think, "Wow, this is great." You know, maybe I can come come across come across this again the next time. But we ask them to subscribe because if you like what you see. The best thing you can do is subscribe and when I come
0: back on again, you can see it. The pinky's still up, by the way. Right. You 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 get you get notified. You get notified every single time. Every single time a new episode drops. Right. If you if you subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts every single Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time, you're gonna get a new episode. But if I'm um, on YouTube, you get them when they go up right right so that's why we that a lot of people don't understand that's
1: why we need people and we ask people to subscribe and to follow because you never like i just dropped a a special a a special clip of the next episode and it's featuring darius carter and it's gonna have you never heard of him you never heard of darius carter (laughs) kidding
0: i'm kidding he's my friend (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's talking about he's talking about MJF. Mm-hmm. And anybody that will that already subscribed, they knew because it popped up as something new and they listened. And I've been getting some good feedback on that. And I'm excited for people to listen to the episodes and every episode therefore. But if you're watching this right now, evolving with Corey Castle or you're listening to this, just go ahead and 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 hulk. Hogan, smash the like and the subscribe button, and you know what? The best thing that you can do is share this with people if you really like
0: it. Why make this be a dirty secret? Make everybody else know. Well, it's like you ever watch Al Snow shoot interviews? Yes, Al Snow. Al Snow would would say this uh, this thing was like he was he was known as like the best known secret or the the best known secret in pro wrestling. He's like, I don't want to be a secret. I don't want to be a secret. Like. Uh, I'm good for, I'm good on purpose. Like, right. I don't want to be a secret. And I identify with that so hard. And I identify with like tons of stuff that Al Snow says. And it means, it means so much. Like um, he, he would say a lot of stuff in his shooting reviews that apply to things that I already thought in real life. So as far as like, um you know, psychology and, and things like that. um, When he talks about like throwing one good punch that somebody can yes. sell. Right. Right. As opposed to just like throwing as many as you possibly can, because I right. can't, I can't, I can't sell. Make one thing mean more than right than ten things. More than ten things, yeah, right. right, facts, yeah. So, so you're still in ring. You're still active in ring wrestler. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm still active in ring. You know, I I talk, I talk, I thought
1: about it the other day, Corey, and I figured that. I would love to be a professional wrestler. Look, I don't mind living a career like the Brooklyn Brawler, where my job is to go to AEW or Ring of Honor, whatever. My job is just to put somebody over, get somebody over, and then get out and go on to the next one. I'm okay with that. But I, I, I'm also okay being a world-renowned pro wrestler who podcasts, but I'm also okay being a world-renowned podcaster who wrestles on the side. If I can get a combination of any of those two things, Corey, my life is fulfilled. And well, what else do I want?
0: I, I say this and and absolutely, absolutely apply this if it works for you. I say every one of those things feeds the other things.
1: You're right. You're right. So
0: so when if I, if I'm a comedian, I'm like, oh, check out my podcast. Check out my podcast. You hear me talk about wrestling? Oh, this guy's a wrestler. Let me YouTube is wrestling. Oh, right. this. Oh, I love wrestling. Oh, this guy. This guy wrestles and he hosts a podcast and it goes that cyclical. Everything feeding itself. Hopefully, ideally, that's where it will get to when the 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 audience that I that I desire right really finds me while while I'm doing the work crawling towards them. Right, and I agree, I 100 agree with you as well too. Because like for my podcast, the,
1: the cover itself, I have a a professional headshot. That's what I have. You know, mm-hmm. I could easily put no, a, like, a photo. Right, that's that's my pose. I've sold some houses with that pose too. <laughs> that's you know, a park bench that's a park bench podcast wait just just exactly but you know i to when people the, the way i produce the way i promote my podcast is where i introduce people to the personalities in and out of the pro wrestling ring and it's unique because you don't have to be a pro wrestling fan to enjoy the podcast and when you listen to our episode Corey, Corey episode five we talk about pro wrestling but we talked about so much more other things we're told we I still can't believe that you swiped left on Halle Berry, but we talk about all those things
0: (laughs) this much. We, you know, it's a, it's funny because I think about the, the thing I said on your show that that was the first time that thought ever came to my mind to say it out loud was I was like, the thing I'll say to, to AEW or, or impact or whoever's looking at me, ring of honor or whatever, like nobody, you got anything like me. You ain't never seen a motherfucker like me. Right, 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 right. So it's like, uh, I, I, that's, that's a confidence that I need to actually carry. And it's, it's tough when it's tough when you're thirsty like this, when you're, when you're hungry like this and no one feeds you. Like it would be so easy for somebody with a, a blue check Mark to give me the, give me the good rub. Right. You know, but I, I'm, I'm I'm a hungry dog. You know what I mean? I just got to continue to be a hungry dog and uh, uh, sniffing for scraps where I can find. Them. <laughs> and 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 in the meantime, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, because I want to speak with people who want to speak with me. I want to speak with people who are not only want to give me their time and their effort, but like fascinate the shit out of me with their stories. You know what I mean? Fascinate the hell out of me with who they are and what makes up, you know, what makes up. The, the life lessons that helps them evolve into who they are.
1: Right, hey, you know it's funny
0: too, Corey. You were talking about the blue check mark. There
1: are a lot of people out there with the blue check mark who we would love to have on our platforms. Right. However, I don't want. I really don't want too many of them on our platforms because not for nothing. These a lot of the people with the blue check marks they don't promote when they're on it. Right. 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 right yeah. I I've had a few. And the reason why they don't promote is because they feel, which is, it's their right. They feel that once you see their name, that's all the promotion that you need.
0: Right, right, right. But,
1: but my whole thing too, though, is like, if you interview a guy, like I interviewed a guy, Corey Cooper from uh, NYWC down there in Deer Park, awesome guy. He's uh, he he was on the most recent episode of the Tristan Law Show. This guy doesn't got many followers on Facebook. He doesn't got many followers on Instagram and Twitter, but he promoted the uh, he promoted the heck out of his episode. He wanted people to hear it. So, like, those are the people that I want to talk to, the people that you don't know, these hungry young cats. And he was one of those one of those hungry young cats that was on, on, on my show. And that even leads me to my next thought, which was a tweet that I made the other day. It doesn't matter how big I become or how famous I become, because as long as I have time, I will always do your podcast and I will always do a YouTube channel. Doesn't matter who you are. Right, Doesn't right. Who you, as long as you reach out to me and you say, Hey, Tris, I want you to come on a podcast or my, my YouTube, I'm here for you. I, I, I put a lot of money into my camera, into my lights, and my microphone to make sure that when you put me on your YouTube channel, that you're gonna get the best from me, the microphone, so that it sounds well on either the vid- visual and or the audio side, which would be a podcast. So it doesn't matter if you're seeing me and thinking, oh wow, you know, I'm not sure if I want to interview him, interview me. I want to be on your podcast and I want to be on your YouTube channel and I will promote the shit out of it.
0: Honestly, Tris, I have to I have to tell you, um in that part, I have to say that's why I like stepped up whatever the video, the video uh element of the podcast is. So when I do have guests who want to promote, Like, yo, use this video, use the video from this, however you want, create whatever clips you want and share them. So like the, the watermarks are going to show the watermarks are going to show. So the, 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 I have it so that the, the names are on the bottom so that you can see who, you know, see who's in here. But on top of that, I have to say, I, I say very similar things in the fact that, and I'll say it almost on every episode of this podcast, if. You're hearing this and you are spending the currency that is your effort on me? No. How much I appreciate that in in such a way where if you want to reach out to me and just talk to me like a friend or just have a judgment-free conversation and tell me what's on your mind, if you're going through something, absolutely let me be that resource. I'm not hard to get a hold of.
1: Right. I'm not either. I mean, I I live on I live on Twitter a lot more than Facebook and Instagram. And you know, I'm in there, you know, looking at booty pics. I love them booty girls on Instagram, but that's not what we're talking about, you know. But I, I, I'm I'm only a a message away, you know, like you never know. The there mm-hmm. are people out there, Corey, that even know, and I and I hate using this term, but in the lack of terms, we're not big stars, we're not big YouTubers, we're not big podcasters, but there's people that look forward to seeing us and listening to us every single week. And because of that, like the, the podcast game and the content creating game, you know, our quote unquote customers and I'm using customers so that people can understand what I'm saying. It's a faceless business because right. they know who we are, but we have
0: no clue who they are. We know they we know they exist because they're a number. We see it every week. Mm-hmm. It's like in standup in standup. It's uh, it's a dark room and I'm having a rhetorical conversation with a group of people who don't get to talk back. Who don't right. get to, don't get to don't get to converse with me, but it's it's like this is me going. Here's my vulnerability. Like me, validate me, <laughs> and in that the the validate me goes into like just hit the subscribe button. It's it, it. And it, it's funny when you said the thing about like our customers and like we're not really big stars or anything, but it, that that can get in your own head. And I tweeted something like this earlier, just to kind of. To remind myself, I, and I said, I said, in life, people are going to try to devalue you. People are going to try to people are going to try to not respond to you or leave you on red. You have to keep reminding yourself that's not a you thing; that's a them thing. Yeah. So it's it's really it's like I have to remind myself of that because, man, like how many times. I've been told no. I'd rather hear no than be told nothing. I, I, I 100% agree. 100% agree.
1: I, yeah. tried to, I tried to get a woman on my podcast, a good wrestler, looks like you know she's making her way through, and she got a little bit of street cred. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, Let me go ahead and, and get her on. And I messaged her on, on Instagram, and she had the decency enough to message me back and said, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Good luck. So I responded, Good luck with your future endeavors. I unfriended her after that. I mean, I had no purpose of being friends with her. You know, I, I thought it'd be cool, you know, as, as a networking thing. But, Corey, you know how many people have messaged me? I mean, that I've messaged them and they've never read the message. Bro, a simple, hey, no thank you is, is understood. I messaged, I wanted Mr. T on the Tristan Law show, right? right? He's never messaged me back. Maybe he doesn't know how to use Twitter. I don't know, but I'm sitting in Mr. T's D- DMs on Twitter. I tweeted the fool. That's right. That's right. I wanted him on the podcast. I thought it would have been cool for him to talk to because, you, right. know, you know, everybody complained about his WrestleMania Hall of Fame induction. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, the, the Hall of Fame. Right. Yep. Because he just like, he like just prattled on about nothing. His and he,
1: he talked about his, his mom. Mother.
0: Like a poet.
1: Right. And for me, too, growing up, you know, being raised by your mother. I could to him, so I thought, you know, and he's in the wrestling business. He's a personality in the wrestling business, but he's more out the wrestling business. Be a great person to talk to and see what he's doing. He didn't <laughs> wrestle me back, but you know what? This brings me back to my tweet again. No matter how big I am, and and no matter how famous I ever get, I'll never be too famous or too big or too busy for your podcast. As long as I have time, I will do your podcast and I will do your your YouTube or whatever it is that you need me to do. If I become that busy to where I'm missing them, I'm going to set up an email to where you can just shoot. All I want you to do is shoot me anytime. Just just book me. You know, just right. book. You know, as long as it's not costing me any money, I'm not asking you for anything. You know, there's a wrestler out there who asked me if I was two wrestlers, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drop their names on this. <laughs> two wrestlers, a male and a female, wanted to know if I was going to pay them to be on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One person told me it was $60 to be on his podcast. Bro, let me tell you I, something. You want to I, had a, I had a
0: wrestler do that too.
1: I, you know, I want to talk about it in the end when, when it's just me and you can see who it was. But if, <laughs> 100% transparency, I'm not going to pay you to do my podcast. I'm not. You're not. You are nice. you do not have to get in the car. You don't have. You could do it in your underwear, right? Mm. You can make it if you want because I do it on Zoom, you know. You can right. do- that, the waist, well, we're not going to see you from the waist down anyway exactly you, you don't have to wear no drawers. just show up at the time that we agree that's it it's not costing you any money and you know what it's an opportunity for it's an opportunity for them to get themselves over but granted they don't need to get themselves over i need to get me over right so by right. You, me having them on my show i'm getting myself over and i thank them for that and it made be right. somebody
0: who doesn't even know who they are well you know what's funny man you know what's really funny about this um like, the the sentence, I have a podcast, want to be on my podcast, is n- nails on the chalkboard to a lot of people. Right. Because um, tons of people go, yeah, everybody's got a podcast. There's a million podcasts out there. Yes, but no other podcast is hosted by a motherfucker like me. Nobody's right. got... Nobody's got nobody's got the conversation with you that you're going to have with me. Like you can have another conversation on any of the podcasts where they're going to wind up asking you all the same questions. You're going to get bored of it. And maybe you're going to be like, well, that, that was an entire, uh, entirely huge waste of my time, which me with me, I, I pride myself on, on, on not wasting anybody's time. It's like your time is so valuable. Your time is so, so valuable. Your effort and your, and you you're just your your intentions and your attention is so appreciated. I just love it so much. I will not waste it on you. And that makes me think of another thing I wanted to say <laughs> to you earlier cuz you were saying <laughs> you were saying uh, about uh, single mom. Yeah, single moms. Dude, same here. I, I all the way. Um when I did a bit, I was doing um, I do a bit. I I am saying I did a bit which it's you know, I I'm not doing comedy that much anymore, but uh-huh. Uh, I have a bit that I'm that I do where I, it's a uh, I talk about Tupac, right? I talk about Tupac had this song that like that like I really identified with. Dear Mama, Dear Mama. He yep. said, he said, a poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did it. There's no way I can pay you back, but right. my plan yeah. is to show you that I understand yeah. you are appreciated. Yeah, yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I identify with that so, so hard right. until he says, even as a crack fiend mama, you always was yeah, yeah. a black queen mama. I was mama. like, <laughs> my mom's never been a crack fiend or a black oh, queen. No. But, my mother's but, a black queen. My mother's one out of two. <laughs> she's one of those. Things. But, 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 but I, would say, I would say, not only can I not identify that, with that, but I have to think that Tupac's mom's got to be pretty upset that, that Tupac put her on blast like that. Like, True. True. Like, like, yo! know, did you hear that? Did you hear that at, at, the, at the the water cooler at her job the next yeah, day? Right. Did you hear that <laughs> new song that Armani, Armani's uh, son made about him? Yeah. Yeah. It was real sweet. Real nice. He appreciates but, her. Did you know she
1: was on crack? <laughs> but you know what, though? I, I would say, though, if I was Tupac's mom and God rest her soul, if yeah. I was Tupac's mom and Tupac said t- and, and somebody said to me, oh, your son wrote that you were a crack fiend. How did he do that? Give me a second. Let me log. I mean, granted, I mean, she did probably not have phones back then, you know, right. with the internet, but let me log in and show my bank account looks like my son just put five grand in my bank account. What does your son do for you? Oh, your son's
0: a crack fiend?
1: <laughs>
0: I, I laughed a lot. I, I had a, another part to that where I was like, and in the song, he says. He says, even though I sell rocks, it feels good putting money in your mailbox. I'm like, wait a minute. So you're saying she she buys rocks and you sell rocks and you give her money. You're just keeping the rock circulation going. Why don't you just cut out the middleman and put rocks in her mailbox? Right. Good point. No? Good point.
1: <laughs> Real good point. Real good point. Or maybe at that, maybe at that time she wasn't doing drugs. Fun fact. Fun fact, Tupac. A lot of people think, and I'm going to ask you before I even go in. Where, where was Tupac born? In a hospital. Good. No, good. I don't know. In a hospital. A lot of people think that Tupac was born in like, like he's LA. You know, you know, living, uh, die in LA. No, he he was born in in Harlem, and he moved to the Bronx. And ironically, the building that I moved into years after. In the Bronx in the 70s, it was called the burning of the Bronx, where people would burn down the buildings in the Bronx, New York, to go ahead and collect tax money. So my building was one of those buildings, and they rebuilt it as another building in like 95, 96. So when I moved there, one of the most famous people from our neighborhood, besides me, is Tupac. Tupac lived at the building next door, and Tupac used to date a crack fiend. Well, she's she was a crack fiend when we knew her. Her name was Carmen. He actually wrote a song about her called Carmen. I believe it's called Carmen. It was like a poem. And he even shouts out our neighborhood in his song, My Block, is 13rd and Walton Avenue. So, like, you know, people don't know that Tupac is from is from New York City. He is. I haven't got a movie, right? I'm pointing because my DVD collections back here. There's the circle thing that you put in yeah. the DVD. Yeah, people don't know what it is. I have one. It's called Thug What Immortal. is
0: that what does a DVD even
1: do? I don't even know. What is it? You're supposed to rest cups on it. <laughs> so, you know, I have one from Tupac. It's called Thug Immortal. And and I that's I've had that a bunch forever. And the only reason I keep it is because there's a guy that I knew who lived in the in the hood with us and he was friends with Tupac. And he used to always say, "Yo, I know Tupac. Tupac was my friend. That was my boy. We used to always walk around." And you already know, man. You know these guys talking. about they know something. Come on, man. Stop lying, man. Everybody know Jada Kiss, right? Everybody know Jada Kiss. Everybody. <laughs> everybody everybody lives next door to Jay Z, right? Is Jada
0: Kiss from the neighborhood too?
1: No, Jada Kiss is from Yonkers. Okay, but if I'm not mistaken, but I remember when I moved to Florida. Right? His the guy's name was Reggie. Reggie passed away years before right? Mm-hmm. He had like a, like a seizure in the street and died. And I remember going out to Florida years later, and walking into a store because I used to have an addiction to where I'd walk into the store and just buy DVDs that I would never like, you know, take out the package. I'm trying to see if I could find one now. I would never take it out the package. Like I just owned it. It was five dollars. Mm-hmm. So I bought it because it was five dollars and I saw Dog Immortal and I bought them. I can't really release that CD, but wow, you know, you're getting little snippets of my life with us talking about other things.
0: <laughs> I dude, I have a I have a huge D V D collection as well. There's tons of them that are still in the cellophane that never broke out. I'm like, I <clears throat> I've seen that movie a ton of times. I've seen that movie a ton of times. And I just want to own it like a physical medium. You know what I mean? Having right. own ownership of it. Um But I had another another bit. I didn't want to I didn't want to do I have to do oh man, look at that. Is that Stacy Keebler? Yeah, that's uh the D- WWE Divas
1: A- South A- A- Okay, focus. Really but you know, <laughs> it's it's still in the plastic. Why do I oh? Why did I get it if it's still in the plastic? <laughs> Actually, I might remember how I got this one. I'm, i I worked at AT and T, so I might have two of these. And okay. and this okay. time when AT and T was the nut, was uh partner with WWE, but it's still brand new. The sad part is I can't sell because it's not none of these DVDs wants. They're not worth anything. I, I can't you know, even everybody's, everybody's got streaming. Corey, I can't even give them away.
0: <laughs> my my friend, my friend the other day, uh the guy the the guy I work with every day, he was a uh, he was like we were in in the work truck and he was like digging down next to his seat and he's like, "Oh crap, I forgot. I got I had these in here for you. I meant to give them to you at Christmas time." And I was like, "Okay." And he was like, "Had this bag full of DVDs." They were like old DVDs that he was like had doubles of and he was just getting rid of. And I was like, I was like, this is my Christmas gift. <laughs> like, uh, all right, I'll take. But it was uh, the the clerk's cartoon. Remember the clerk's uh-huh. cartoon that they made? So nope. I already had it on DVD, but I was like, I'm absolutely going to take another copy of it. if Because it's not streaming on anything. Right. And right. I'm a huge fan of that show. I watched the DVD a hundred times. You're right. You're right. 100% right. But <clears throat> there's some things like you can the same thing like my friend Joe Gariffo, he has tons of DVDs and um, he has tons of like VHS tapes and stuff and he always posts about them on his on his social media because he's like yeah, I want to own the physical copy of this because it's not, not everything is streaming. Not everything You're is right. out there right. on the internet. I
1: have old WWF VHSs because my manager, this is, bro, this is years ago. I, I don't think I was even in wrestling school yet. That's how long ago it was. So it's probably like early 2007. One of my managers, when I was selling cell phones at AT&T, his wife was cleaning out the closet. And he he came to work the next day. and was like, dude, I got these VHS tapes. My wife wants to throw them away. I know that you're really into wrestling. Do you like them? Do you want them? Hell yeah, bro. I still own a, DV, a VCR, Just Mm -hmm. for those, granted, I don't watch them. I could easily watch them on the WWE network, you know, or, or Peacock or wherever the hell it's going. (laughs) I have these DVDs. I mean, these VHS tapes, cassettes that I can watch of not only the pay-per-view, but I can watch the Sunday night heat before. And Mm -hmm. some of them I can watch the Monday night raw after and relive the whole experience.
0: Well, that was fun that was such a cool part of being a fan watching Sunday Night Heat leading up to the pay-per-view and right. then watching the pay-per-view and then watching Raw the next day like that was all part of the experience that like right. is uh, kind of gone now I mean I Sunday Night Heat don't come on anything like but you know what it's because it's so
1: accessible to watch because I remember bro before we got the illegal cable box and I, and I told you we had the illegal cable box before uh-huh. the cable box I would watch Sunday Night Heat and mm-hmm. then that be it. I'd be sitting there with the cable box on the top, pressing the buttons back and forth. You know how we used to watch porn when it was so pixelated. I, I watched a couple of wrestling pay-per-views like that by going back and forth, right, and just hoping that I would be able to see and hear a little bit of wrestling. That's all I wanted,
0: uh, dude. I wanted. Honestly, before before um, my my friend my friend Scott, the guy who I was telling you about who gave me the right. Clerks DVD, right? right. Uh, I used to go to over his friend over his house or his cousin's house and we'd watch they had the illegal boxes so we would watch the pay-per-views right over over their places but like before before that i used to just put on i used to just put on the the cable while it was fuzzy and i would just listen to like jr and and king right that's how we used to have to live back then like you understand how
1: like prehistoric that is there are people that are listening to and watching this that that don't live like look let me explain to you how prehistoric this is. <laughs> you and I, Corey, we grew up in the last... We, we were in the last generation of kids that did not have the internet. Yeah. There's a generation... There, there's a There's like one or two generations after us that grew up, and as far as they knew, they've been connected their entire lives. I remember having to sneak the internet in the middle of the night. And, you know, so prehistoric... Porn wasn't accessible on the internet back then. You got to pay for it, and not only did you have to pay for it, you'd get a virus. So because I didn't have money to pay for it, I would go to the virus sites at 12, 13 years old. But keep in mind, Corey, there's a whole generation behind us that used to keep dirty magazines. Don't worry, I had a magazine, but I was on the cusp of the
0: internet. (laughs) Did you see? Are you are you a fan of uh of John Mulaney? No. John Mulaney does does this bit, and I I hate to butcher it, but it was like his his mom found under his bed. He had a he had a uh, he had a, a Cosmopolitan magazine and one cigarette under <laughs> his like hidden under his bed, and his mom found it and was like, "I found your treasure! <laughs> I found your treasure!" And she went and told his dad about finding it under the mag under the bed. I found a, a one cigarette in a cosmo under John's bed. And he was like, <laughs> he said that his dad was like, How does he know how to make a cosmo? <laughs> 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 but but yeah, uh, the 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 degenerate like when I go when I go to, to do seminars or anything in the ring now. When I have to, I have to like tell people when I'm when I'm teaching them stuff. I'm like, you understand how good you got it? Like, YouTube didn't exist when I was training. Like, uh, I couldn't watch any of that stuff. Like, I have to, I have to go through archives of people's VHS collections to watch stuff. Like, when I first my first match I ever had, my theme song was on a cassette tape. Oh wow! <laughs> so. It just
1: shows you how long it's been. Well, you see, because I was a generation after you. So when I went to wrestling school, we didn't have this. We didn't have on. We had YouTube, obviously, but I used to have to pay. I think it was maybe let me make up a number. It's maybe $50 a year and I would get access to the whole entire WWE library. This is before it was organized into this thing called the WWE Network. So I would go on the website and I would say, you know what? I want to watch this wrestler and I'm going to go there and study it. But what I used to do, you used to bring yours on a cassette, I used to bring mine on a CD. Right. And there's right. a whole generation after us, right, that emails it to the to the promoter and goes, "Here, here is the uh here is my music."
0: Or just show up today and be like, "Oh, look it up, it's on YouTube." And I mean, I have had that I've had to do that too now, but back in the day, like back in the day, I didn't leave my house for a show without a CD of my music in the in the bag. That's right. You have to bring your you have to bring your music and your gimmicks to sell. Right. I had a I had a I had a DVD. This is my trick, and I don't know if anybody else ever did this, but I know this is my trick. I would take a DVD case, like whatever whatever DVD case that like I wasn't using, or like a like a blank one, and I'd like flip flip the the label around so it was just blank white, and I'd write Corey Castle Track One, and I pop it in pop it in the in the the disc in that dvd case and carry that with me so the sound guy knew whose it was and knew how to give it back to me like making it easier for the sound guy to make sure i'm getting my music back and (laughs) i would have to sometimes i'd have to like burn like four different cds of it because like i'd be i'd be leaving it someplace of course of
1: course one night you worked you know what it could have been one night you're working a double shot were you doing two shows in one night? Last right? You know now you can't show without your music. Like, right. What are you a rookie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a what a noob move!
1: Yeah, right. How long have you been wrestling? <laughs> I, I carry my music now sometimes as well in my uh, in my fanny pack, and a lot of people don't understand. You know, fanny packs make life easier. You know, especially when you're traveling and doing everything else like that. You see, okay, you see, there you go. In my fanny pack, I carry a a thumb drive with my music on it. Okay. There you go.
0: Never know. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, how often often have you been working since, like, the pandemic and stuff happened? Have you been working at all?
1: Yeah. So I would say when it comes to my pro wrestling career and to my entertainment career, the the pandemic has been very gracious to me. And I'm not trying to sit in, like, a morbid way because before the pandemic bro i was hurt like i dislocated my finger and like you know i'm now able to like you know make a full fist you know like when you dislocate a joint it doesn't heal right after they put it back in it's still swollen it's still traumatized and whatever you know my knees were bad my back is a little bad you know it it just 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 a lot that's going on and because the pandemic came on i i i got a chance to take a break because Mm -hmm. i'm not mistaken my last match was early March, late February, and I didn't wrestle again until maybe, oh, golly, September. So by the time it came back, like the body was feeling a little bit better. But in that whole entire time as well, too, I got to work on the Tristan Law Show and I got to, you know, perfect that. But when it comes to wrestling, you know, I still take dates, you know, here and there, you know, I still sit in the, I sit in the far corner. I don't congregate or hang out with everybody because, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know how everybody hangs out. So, you know, I got to protect myself and those that are around me so you know i still think the bookings as they come along if it makes sense financially and you know and it and you know it's financially makes sense yeah
0: well i think a lot of it weighs out to pros and cons and like what's the risk versus reward factor what am i getting out of this what you know what what experience can i what experience can i gain through this that will maybe help somebody else or help me or to me i look at it like um these these moments and these memories that i'm creating a lot like like, you i don't i don't want to say that i can like like predict the future in a lot of ways but i'm i'm looking at it like a lot of these a lot of these people that i've like helped through with understanding psychology and stuff i think they're gonna make it like i think they're gonna be big in the business and like for them to be like for them to be like well, you know, the person who helped me grasp it was Corey. Right. Don't forget about me. <laughs> like, <Right>. You know, <laughs> so I'm just I'm just hoping it, the, the, the fun thing about it is I'll have conversations with people and I'll realize that I didn't make an impact. I, I'll not realize that I made an impact on them as much as I actually did. Like someone right. will be like, you seem to be the only one around in this area that was doing it right. Or right. you seem to be the one who was doing it the most right, right, the most way you're supposed to be doing it. And I'm like, I was just faking it. I didn't know. I didn't know. I was, you know what I mean? In my head, I was like, I was dealing with imposter syndrome and like, oh, do I belong here? Well, like the part that I was dealing with back then, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to go back as far as like 2008 or nine. Uh, What I was struggling with was like, if somebody made me their champion, in any way, I feel I automatically felt like I didn't deserve it. Like right. I always felt like so many other guys were better than me and deserved it more than I did. So like if they called me champ, I would be like, ah. like it just it would just like dig at me a little bit. Like right. oh, the person calling me champ probably deserves to be champ more than I do. Like, but and it goes it goes back to like it's not a it's not a, a real competition. I didn't win anything, and that that's something that. When I first got into it I had to had to struggle with that through my friends groups because like my friends who weren't wrestling fans would be like I couldn't do it because I couldn't lose. Like right. I couldn't I couldn't let somebody beat me. I'm like yeah, but it's not it's like a movie. It's like right. a show, it's, right. It's a show. It's a story. Like right. they're not actually be, they're not winning because they're better than me. They're right. winning because it serves the story. Right, that's correct. Cuz some of these people you could legit beat the shit out of them, but it's a story. Right. Right. So it's all it's all a part of like suspending what your disbelief is. And I, I would say it all the time. It's like the the person who's in the ring with me isn't my enemy. Like we gotta we gotta make this look good together. We gotta we gotta teach each other we gotta learn from each other. We gotta we gotta we gotta be on the same page here to make sure. Is that, is that what, what kind of cup is that? It's uh the Toronto Blue Jays Cup.
1: I got because oh. I, you know, I have a Canadian family. Shout out to Karen, uh, Joel, and Mackenzie. Um, so when I went to the, the Chicago, I'm mean, Chicago, the Toronto Blue Jays game, you know, I, I'm always looking for a discount. So this cup here, if you, you fill that cup up once, and I think I probably paid like a million dollars for it, uh, you know, I could fill it up as many times. I got one of those when I went to WrestleMania, uh, 35 in our uh, MetLife Stadium as well. Too you fill it up and you drink once. It's a, it's a deal. Like, come on. You know, especially if you charge me a million dollars, I am going to drink a lot of orange Fanta or Pepsi, depending on, or Mountain Dew, depending on where, where I am. And I'm going to get my money's worth. The hell, don't you give me any kind of deal and making it look like what that I'm going to, what? No, bro. Let me tell you, there's two things in my life that I don't do that. I don't like to do what I want to preface this by saying that I'm not a big alcoholic drinker, I do have Mm -hmm. a couple of bottles of Modelo in the fridge. I might drink one tonight. I don't know, but I'm not a huge drinker. I don't need to drink, right? But the thing I don't like to do, things I don't like to do is go to all you can eat and all you can drink, alcohol. Because Mm -hmm. if I'm paying, let's say, $40 to enter, right? And now I have access to the Garden of Eden, I'm going to make sure I I paid. So like when I go to the Golden Corral, or some other kind of buffet when buffets were a thing. You remember buffets before COVID? Yeah, me too. So you know. <laughs> about buffet? Buffet. Right. So I would go to the buffet and I'm not eating the cheap shit. I want the steak. I don't eat lobster, but I'll take lobster just so I can feel like I got ahead and I got my money's worth. I will throw it in the garbage. I'm kidding about that part. But, uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what I do. Um, so yeah, when it comes to a deal where I can get unlimited refills, I'm your guy. Well, <laughs>
0: the the i I have a funny story about one of those all you can drink things i had a i dude i don't drink i don't drink liquor like i don't ever drink uh hard drinks usually if i do like a a a drink at night it'll be like beers or something i just don't i don't mess with i don't mess with spirits right i just keep away from it because (laughs) uh it makes me it makes me emo it turns me into a little emo boy Uh i'm like I find reasons to be sad about stuff and I'm like, everybody hates me. I don't know what's going on, but it
1: was like a, it was
0: like a, a a new year's Eve party at some bar. And, uh, I was, um, I was very poor at the time. And, uh, I was (laughs) sitting at this table, um, with somebody and I had just taken out like my last money to pay for my ticket to this place from the right. ATM machine in the vestibule. And I had the, 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 the ATM receipt in my back pocket. When I got up to go refill my drink, my right. ATM receipt fell out of my pants pocket and I came back and the, the girl, one of the girls sitting at the table was like, Hey, look, what, uh, Oh, look what I found. Somebody's ATM receipt. This person's broke. <laughs> Yeah, And I was like, let me see that. And I was like, shit, that's mine. Uh, but it, I didn't say that out loud. I was like, yeah, what a loser. And I yeah. cried. <laughs> what a loser.
1: You broke-ass fool. So I got a story like that as well, too, talking about all you can uh, um, drinks. So um, it mine's ironically, was a New Year's Eve party. And it was one of the few times to where I was, like, blackout drunk. You know, like, I'm telling you, I've probably been blackout drunk or, no, hungover twice in my life. The first time I was hungover in my life was when I was, like, maybe just turning 21. I was probably 21 almost I was 22. And my roommates 20, 24 had, now? No, shit. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. That beer that club for men. That, what's that? Uh, just the men? And that... Uh, yeah, that's right, 25. But anyway... Um, the first time was there was a bottle of tequila underneath the sink, and I was like, ah, oh, you know what? All the roommates are gone. Let me just drink some tequila. I don't know what it was. You know, I thought it was like vodka. So I got a cup and I filled that cup with ice, right? And then I topped it off with a little bit of vodka, right, right? And then I drank it. The first cup, I must say, went down hard. By the time I was down to the third cup, bro, I'm hurt. So I realized that I can't drink uh, tequila. Because tequila makes me puke, bro. The next day, bro, I was sitting here praying to God, like, God, if you ever get me through this, I promise I will never drink again. And God, forgive me because I am a sinner, because I. then, <laughs> which brings us years later into my other story. So I went to the all you can drink place for New Year's Eve. Great. So I got in there and I'm like, I am not going to drink um, the cheap stuff. I want the top shelf. So, you know, I want Gray Goose. I want all that stuff. I'm not drinking the cheap stuff. Oh, champagne. Hey, it's all you can drink, right? So I'm going to drink my champagne. And whoever was with me in the group, I'm drinking this champagne too. <laughs> Bad idea. I'm to call out of work the next day. So what do I recommend? Do not invite Tristan to all you can eat or
0: all you can drinks
1: Badidea.com.
0: Oh, I would like an all you can sleep restaurant. <laughs> all you can sleep. I'll take all the sleep I can. Dick. You see, for me no, Corey, I'm not a sleeper. I
1: love sleep. You I, I like to cat get cat naps because here's the way I look at it. When I'm sleeping, those who co- who feel like they compete with me or those who I compete with are getting ahead of me. So what I need so what I do is in the middle of the night, when I'm up, I'm scheming on how I can make my podcast better. And the way I do that, or how I become a better wrestler or a better entertainer or a better, you know, producer for my podcast or host. I'm on YouTube and I'm watching on YouTube. I Google how to be a better podcast host. And then I fall down a rabbit hole. And then I realize three hours have gone by and, you know, it's like three o'clock in the morning and I got to work at nine.
0: Hmm.
1: So like for me, that's what I do. I sit on YouTube late at night and, or I'll just Google how to better produce a podcast. mm mm-hmm how to become a better how to become a guest on somebody's podcast like people don't know that's a whole entire skill to become a guest on somebody's podcast they don't just don't want any old body on their podcast you know you have to be a certain kind of character to <laughs> want to be in the podcast
0: <laughs> Well, you know i i look at that kind of stuff and i look at like experience being the best teacher like i don't need i don't need to go find out how to do it by somebody who somebody who for all intents and purposes ain't lived the type of life i've lived ain't done the type of doesn't have the life experience that i have or the street smarts that i have so i really would rather put the put the the burden on me to learn from experience learn by doing um as al snow would say in a shoot interview experience is the best teacher
1: that's true you're right you're so, right let me tell you there's a lot of the 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 right brothers i'm sure there's a lot of planes that fall out the sky before they got it right
0: Right, they thought they they were the wrong brothers for a minute.
1: Hey, I'm sure. Right? Imagine that. What if their names weren't the Wright brothers? We're going down the wrong rabbit hole. I keep
0: us on time. Sorry. They were like, no, no, their name is called the. Our real last name is the Flight Brothers, but they didn't want it to be that spot on. Right, 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 right. We're just going to change it to the Wright Brothers. How those guys ever do? (laughs) Well, they're on license plates in North Carolina. Everybody's license. Didn't know that. Uh, in North Carolina, the license plates say "North Carolina, first in flight," because
1: ah, that's what that means.
0: Th- yeah, that's because the Wright brothers discovered discovered flying in North Carolina.
1: Do you, do you understand, Corey, thinking about that? How like technology has gr- has go- grown and and how we've invented things as a human race to to not only complicate our lives but to also make our lives better. Like, human beings aren't designed to fly. We're not designed to walk on water unless you're Jesus. And we've figured out ways that not only can we fly, but we need to get from one place to the other. So we built a machine with a motor in it. And lucky for you, I could bring my friends and family with me in this motor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we as, as a human race just continue to defy. And, like, we're so smart. And, and it leads me to like, for me, I'm a huge person that believes in astronomy. I love astronomy. I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. You know, I I'm, I don't believe the world is flat. If you're listening or watching and you believe the world is flat, that it's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. But one of the things I do, Corey, all the time is I, is I look up to the stars. And when you're looking at stars, you're looking at galaxies, right? Those places are so far away. And some of them, the really big ones are planets. Are we that naive, Corey, to believe as a human race that we're the only intelligent pieces of life form
0: in all of existence? Uh, I was I was listening to uh, Elon Musk on Joe Rogan yesterday, uh-huh. and he was talking about he was like, we d- we don't even think about we don't even think about other lives out there because. Like, they they don't they must not want to be be found or what like so we don't even factor it in when it comes to like putting stuff in orbit and like because there's no evidence of it ever happening,
1: right? But here's the way so you were talking about watching Elon Musk. I was watching um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I love that guy, smart brother from the Bronx, just like me. Uh, My middle school was actually his high school, the first Bronx High School of Science. Going off track. But one of the things that he said was, when you're walking around and you see I I don't know, you see a, a worm on the floor, do you ever stop for a second to think how that worm's day is doing? Anybody watching and listening to this right now is going, no, you've never done that. Why have you never done that? Because you, you think that the worm is an idiot. You, you, because, you're, you, you know, science does prove that we are mentally superior than a worm, right? Okay, so now let's look at aliens. There are aliens out there, right? Like I said, I am not that naive enough to believe that aliens do not exist. And when I mean aliens, they don't. They, they may look like us. They may not have, be green men. However, they're smarter than us and they're not concerned with us because they see what we do. We. Are we Everything that we eat as living things has once lived. Think about your whole entire meal, right? You ate cereal that came from wheat, which was a plant. You ate eggs, right? Eggs were the embryos of a chicken, and we ate that. You ate that poke sausage, not pork, but poke. You ate that poke sausage. That's like grind up pig, and that's what we eat orange juice. We take the living, we take the, the fruit from the tree and we squeeze it and we drink it. If I didn't know any better, we're savages. I don't want to be con- in concerned with those people because they kill, not only do they do they eat living things, some of them, a, a very few of them don't eat each other, but a, what a lot of them do is they kill each other. Imagine that. If you were looking right on a snow globe, and you were able to zoom in and it be the planet Earth, you don't want to go there. Why would you want to go there? <laughs> they're, they're unintelligent, you know, they haven't figured out how to fly far in, in space, you know. They they still haven't explored all their planet. Why are we
0: why are we concerned with them? Right. We are the worm. Mm. I get it. I mean, I fully get it. I think honestly, like, it's a it's a it's a real real solid point to talk about i think uh, bill burr has a, a joke that he does about it talking about like something has to die every day for me to eat and be a normal person like for me to walk around like he said he said a whole he's like you know i'm that miserable somebody has to ha- something has to have its beak hit off pulled off and put pull- their feathers pulled for yep. me to like to like n- live a normal life and you know if he, he said like he tried he tried to like go vegan that was like the bit he was doing on on the on stage he was like try to go vegan like 2 days a week or something but i could i can't do it
1: i mean essentially everything that we've eaten live you know but again you know some people say oh well that cow has a family the cow doesn't know about his mother the cow will have sex with his mother he doesn't know i mean well the cow is the female the bull will have sex with his mother he doesn't know <laughs> Right. To them, that's socially acceptable. He doesn't know that's his mother after a while. You know, I mean, th- th- those are the, some of the crazy things. I'll give you one more crazy things about um, about how my brain works. So a lot of people say, right, Corey, that they don't understand why we drink milk hu- as human beings. Right. Mm-hmm. That we shouldn't drink milk anymore after we're no longer babies because adult cows don't drink milk. You know why adult cows don't drink milk? Because they can't climb underneath there to drink it. That's why <laughs> they don't drink milk. Because they, right. they, have- they don't have thumbs. Right. They got mouths know, like, you know, they got
0: lips and mouths and stuff. So that's right. why we drink milks and adult cows don't. I think I think that's a Joe Rogan bit. He's I think Joe Rogan has a bit that he in his in one of his stand-up specials he did a thing about uh he was like, How come how come human beings are the only he was like making, doing an impression of like a, like a, a vegan. <laughs> Human beings are the only thing, man, that drinks the milk of other animals, man. And he's like, because, because nobody else thought that to do it. You ever give milk to a dog? They're like, what? How did you do this?
1: Right, right. Like, Or you they don't give, have to think about where it came from. You ever give milk to a cat? Cat. Some cat shit everywhere.
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't. I yeah, never gave milk to a cat. You yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. I I probably won't. I prob without you saying don't do it. I could tell you most likely never gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> so what else you want to know about
1: me, Corey? Go ahead. How how old are you actually, man? Oh. So I, I realized that my last birthday, which was in August. Um, I started to tell people that I'm half thirty. So whatever it is that you want to do with it, you do with it, right? So I could either be fifteen, or I could be thirty-five, Wait, wherever you want me to be, or you know what? I could be somewhere in the middle. I don't know. You decide.
0: Well, why, why, that, why that? Why that? Jumping through hoops? Why creating? Why creating those hoops for people to jump through, and not well, just you know like? What? Because I'm having a crisis. Because every day, Corey, I look
1: in the mirror and there's another hair that decides to turn a light. And I have to buy a box from Walmart to make it dark. You know, one of one of the old guys at my older guys at my job, I pull him to the side. I said, bro, can I ask you a question? He goes, Yeah, Tristan, ask me anything you want. I said, you know, do all your hairs turn turn gray? He goes, All your hairs turn gray. And I go, Do all your hairs turn gray? He goes, All your hair turn gray. So, for anybody out there didn't know, all your hairs will turn gray. (laughs) Yeah, do it,
0: and you can only. I think you can only dye the hairs on your head. Honestly, bro, I think, I think, I think. Honestly, I, I always say, just own your shit. Like when it comes to your age or whatever. Like I don't have any reasons to be insecure in what my age is. Like people go, oh, you're you're too old or whatever. It's like, bro, I know, I know. The the years that have gone into making me who I am right now, and the wisdom that I have through the experiences that I've lived through, like I, I'm I'm the most street smart and intelligent version of me that I've ever been, and that came from the 37 years of experience in this world that I've had. So I will absolutely own it. And I'm like, yeah, I hope by the time I'm 40, I'm a lot smarter. True, right? So. If I could take my my brain
1: out and put it into a younger me from ten years ago, I'd be a genius. Like you're it, gonna get out yourself, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> I time machine because you know if you don't know, Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies. So I will jump in the time machine and I will get out myself. And <laughs> is it get out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I will get out myself and put my brain in a younger me. Or actually, you know, what? maybe I can have an older me come back from the future with a computer machine where you can upload all the intelligence into my brain, and I could be a much smarter me.
0: Well, I say I say all the time. I mean, I don't want to say I say it all the time, but I think it a lot. Where I think about, like, dude, how amazing would it be if, if all the wrestling knowledge and all this, all the smarts that I had, uh, all the exper- from all the experience that I got was in the 2002 version of me when like the business was so good it was like the best that the business could be for like for like the philadelphia independent wrestling level like (sighs) i I think about that all the time like when i first debuted if i if i was this good when i was first started and and it's funny (laughs) to think about like how many people make this stuff look easy you know what i mean people just Some people just do it and and it looks easy for them. Maybe, maybe a future version of themselves came and implanted the experience points up into their brain. You're 100% right. Could be true. I think it's plausible. You know, another thing
1: that I I learned from uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was that there is a 50% probability that we are living in a simulation. Right. 50%. You know uh-huh. like we play the Sims, right? We could be the Sims right now. There mm-hmm. could be some kid out there playing, and we're just a part of his little game. Did you watch do you watch Rick and Morty? Bro, I love Rick and Morty. That was my favorite show to find during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, i looked on Rick and Morty. This guy's taking Roy off the grid. <laughs> I love the, I love Roy. And he's like, where's my wife? When, when Morty gets out of it, he's like, where's my wife? Where's my wife? I want to see my wife. It's like, ah, you idiot. That was just a video game. (laughs) It's like, it's like, I, I, dude, I honestly have been thinking about this since I was a little kid. I remember the moment. I remember the moment my mom had set up. My mom had set up like this. We had a a toy box that doubled as it like a desk. So you could like, You could like the back of it, it was like a bench and then it would like fold forward and it'd be a, it'd be a a desk. And I remember sitting on that desk, I was sitting at the desk. Sometimes me and my brother and sister would play school. We would play class. And my mom put like maps of the world on both sides of the walls, like right where the bench was. And I was sitting sitting on, on the, the bench, like we were playing school, but we weren't playing school. And I was looking up at the ceiling. And to the sides were like the maps. And I was thinking about, and I was thinking about um the this the stuff I see nobody else sees. Like through my point of view, that only gets seen by me. And I was like, what if like somebody else is watching the TV show or movie that is my life? Oh true. Just- like yeah, but through my through my eyes. Oh. Like, they see what I see. like. So I was like, well, if I'm seeing that, I should make it as interesting as possible. Like, I started thinking about, like, how to how to, like, cast the movie that is this life, how to how to um, treat other people the way that, like, you'd want to see the hero. You're the hero in your story. You right, know what right. I mean? Right. And it, it's funny because like Chris D'Elia did a whole bit about this before RIP Chris D'Elia. Mm. <laughs> but I just say RIP cause he's canceled, but <laughs> he did a bit when he's like, he's like, uh, you, you're not Denzel. Like he was like, in that, like in the movie that is life, you're not Denzel. And he's like, Oh, you're probably some dude who's like, Oh, excuse me. Let me get out of your way. When mm. Denzel's walking by, you're that guy. <laughs> and I'm like, I was it's like, I've been thinking this thought my entire life. <laughs> I've been thinking this thought my entire life about the the star of the film. That is me.
1: So, okay. So who would play you? I tell you. Who would play... Okay. So if I, I would not want to play me, right? Because I'd like to watch them try to be me, but I would choose the brother from, uh, from get out, uh, Daniel Kaluwa. Uh, huh. well, yeah, I think I see you say his name. I would pick him to play me. I think he looks like me or maybe, yeah, he looks like me. I don't look
0: like him. He looks like me. So that's that's why you say uh get out myself. That's right. You get out yourself into that guy.
1: That's right. <laughs> years ago, I would have chose Denzel, but you know, <laughs> I can't pick Denzel. Oh, you know what? no, you know who I would really pick to play me? Idris Elba or or the um the I would pick Idris Elba. You know why he's, he's so smooth. <laughs> yeah, he could do it, he he's a British gentleman, but he mm-hmm. could do an American accent, but he could also do a Jamaican accent as well, too. So he'd be great.
0: Do you do you, have, do you have a do you have Jamaican heritage?
1: Yes, actually, I am a first generation American. My mother and my father are both from Jamaica.
0: Whoa! Oh. Yeah, my whole family is yeah. So, do you grow you grew up like super religious in in the Jamaican culture in the household? So, my mother was a my grandmother was a seven
1: day Adventist, and for those that don't know what that is, you don't go to church on Sundays; you go to church on Saturdays. And my and they and they celebrate the, the, the Sabbath, so you know, on Friday night, you know, we go to my grandmother's house to be no TV, and as a kid, it's so boring. However, my uncle had video games in the basement, so we'd play video games,
0: uh, loophole,
1: right? So, you know, so my grandmother would listen to like tapes, uh, to uh, um, cassettes of the Bible, you know, because uh, she was uh, you know, more disabled, she had a stroke and whatever, so she would listen to um, VHS. While she'd be sitting there, I mean, VHS to, to, video, um, mm-hmm. yep, that's of the Bible. And then by Sunday afternoon, she could turn on the TV uh, and she'd be watching, uh, she'd be watching the news. That's what she used to do. So, you know, we weren't really super religious, but you know, I mean, they, they believe, you know, we all believe, you know, we, you know, sometimes you go to the house and it's like, all right, it's Thanksgiving. Is somebody got a grace to food? Like, right, yeah, bro, I just want to eat. Let's give us the short version. So my uncle, you think I, people think I'm a clown. My uncle's a clown. So he'd be, he, you know, he <laughs> well because a clown he, he, my mother's youngest brother, you know, she he would give us the uh the short version so we could all just go eat. <laughs> yeah.
0: But but um so where did you where did you land on holding on to some of that like like that faith from that like from that idea? Like were you like hardcore into the idea of like dogma and believing everything that was brought into you. And then like, where do you arrive on that? And when do you arrive there on where you currently are?
1: So for me, one of the things that, you know, when I was doing a teenager, I was, I was like really bad. Like my mother always say, you were never a bad kid, but I was bad. You know, I was out there, you know, you know, not really committing crimes, but I was just like doing like things that kids my age shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And my mother wanted to try to put me on the right track. So, you know, you know, When the Jehovah's Witnesses knock on the door, you know, some people pretend like the Jehovah's Witnesses are not there. But my mother would tell me to go open the door and talk to them. So I would Mm -hmm. talk to them and then they go, well, we'd like to eventually it was more of a, "All right, well, we don't want to stand in a hallway and talk anymore. We eventually want to come over and do a Bible study with you. So, you know, I was studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses for a little while and, you know, I thought it was something cool, you know, but, you know, here's some my mind work. You know, I was a, bro, I was like, what? a a 10 no 11 12 13 year old 14 year old around those times maybe and they tell me that you know I the most I can do with a girl is hold hands I'm already too corrupted we got free pay-per-view I've been watching porn for the longest and (laughs) and they tell me that I can't watch wrestling or play football because it's too violent at that time I was like you know what you know I'm not really athletic but I, I I was in like a football league you know with something to do and they were, I couldn't play football or watch wrestling. At that part, I checked out. I really checked out for that. But, you know, I've been baptized before, you know, as a um, Baptist. I went to a Baptist church in Florida um, when I was living down there. You know, I was dating this girl, Jessica, and, you know, she wanted to take me to church because her mom thought I was a heathen. Okay, maybe I was a heathen. So I went down to the church, and I learned a little bit of stuff down there. And, you know, my mother, you know, I remember she my – mo- my mother's really into the church. in her old age, let me tell you, my mother's into the church. Like, my mother's so into the church. She watches church on TV and YouTube. She's into the church, right? Like, for me, I like the church, but the kind of church. My mother went to this one church in Florida, and I really like going to that church because it wasn't a, hey, put on the suit and go to church. It was more of a, come as you are, because, you know, it doesn't matter what you wear, just come and hear the word. So, you know, we used to come and do that, and, you know, they had some cute girls there, too. I got to stop. My mom might actually watch this. But. <laughs> But some of the things that I do as well, too, is like, you know, when I come into my house, the first thing I do is I thank the Lord. You know, I'm not trying to get religious and I'm not trying to turn anybody off that's religious, but just listen to me. I come into the house and I thank the Lord. When I wake up in the morning, I thank the Lord. When I I make a meal, you know, I thank the Lord because I'm able to open the fridge and magically, you know, there's food in there. Well, there's no magic. I work for it. But I put the food in the fridge and I'm able and I'm smart enough to prepare a meal and feed myself and it's nourishing. So I thank the Lord for that. So I was—I I thank the Lord. I wouldn't say I'm super religious, but I'm saying with all the experience that I've had within religion, I feel that
0: I have a belief. Okay. I mean, gratitude—gratitude gratitude is super important, and gratitude for everything you've got, every everything that's brought you to where you are is super important. As far as, especially like when you're trying to when you're trying to create bigger and better things in your life. If you're not grateful for what you already got, you're gonna just dig yourself into a hole, right? Because here's
1: the way I look at it, Corey. There's so many times in my life that pro wrestling has been right in front of me, and it it veers off on this road, and I go this way. But eventually, me and pro wrestling, we we meet again, and then we veer off again, and then we meet again, and we just keep veering off, and it's like. Pro wrestling, I'm supposed to either be this world-renowned pro wrestler or pro wrestling is supposed to be the platform that opens up the doors for me to become a bigger entertainer. Because one of the things I want to do, many things I want to do, I want to be a bus driver, I want to be uh, in the city, I want to drive the train, I want to be a conductor, but I always want to be on the radio. I always felt that I was a radio personality. I used to think, and I still think, it's so cool that somebody wakes up every single morning, gets dressed to go to their shitty-ass job that they don't even like their boss, but the best part of their day is that time that they spend in the car listening to a radio show doing drive time when they either going to work or they're coming home for the day. Right. Or you know what? Maybe you have the radio on doing the day and you look forward to hear what Tristan Law has to say. That's what I like. That's yeah. why I want to be a radio. So maybe that's what pro wrestling is doing for me. It gives it, it's it's built this Rolodex of people that I can reach out to, to go ahead and appear on my podcast. Because honestly, if I, if, 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 the, if life didn't happen, I would have never been in the situation to where I could have met our friend, Dave Lee from Dave knows wrestling on YouTube. I would have never been able to meet him, which have never, which would have never led me to meet you to be on my podcast, which would have never led us to being here right now. Because look, I'm no idiot. If it wasn't for my podcast or anything else, most people wouldn't want to talk to me. What have I really done in a span of pro wrestling for people to want to talk to me?
0: Right. Yeah, I, I I feel very much the same. It's like, and and it's 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 hard to find yourself not not taking that a little bit personally and remove like removing your feelings from that because with me, I'm like I gave. I I, I just gave the last 19 years of my life, Nine, 19 plus years. Cause you know, 19 years as Corey Castle, but a couple years before that as other. So it's like, oh, what do I have to show for it? And whatever, well, like, what have I done to have people? But at the same time, man, in that I've built a voice. I've built experience right. that go, that lends to expertise. Like when it comes back to me saying, which I've said on the podcast a million times, you don't really know what you want until what you want staring right at you. Right. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a comedian and I wanted to be a wrestler. Those are the things I wanted to be. I didn't know I wanted to be a podcaster because podcasting didn't exist. Facts. So uh, you you got what you want. What you want is gonna find you while while you're out there doing the work. You can't just go. Well, I'm lost. And like exactly exactly like the please apply this stuff too. Like if you're if you're hearing me and you and you feel what I'm saying, like. Take this with you, I. You know, you know Messiah. Do you know who Billy Messiah is? William Welsh. Uh-uh. Um. He, he, he was a wrestler back in the day. He, um, he got his, he got his, um, he got attacked when they, they took his thumb. They, the, they took his thumb. They people broke into his house, and and cut his thumb off with uh like like um lawn like bolt cutters. Yeah. Hedge wow. clippers. Hedge clippers. They cut his thumb off. And he was on like America's Most Wanted. And he came, that happened to him in the beginning of August of 2003. And um, in the end of August, he came back to wrestling. He just had a bandage over, he just had a bandage over his hand and over his thumb. And uh, I was, I was in the locker room with him and he set up with the, the video camera guys. We're standing right next to him. And he said, and he said, you see this? This is just an obstacle. This is very much just an obstacle. I'm gonna get over this. I'm gonna get through this, and I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be back to whatever I did, and that will be just a. That'll just be a little. A li- that'll be a little pain on you, whoever did it. That might be a little pain on you, but to me, I'm not focused on your pain. I'm focused on my gain. Like in the, pro- in, the in that promo, I then started looking at anything that was like anything that was like a, just a just a problem as an obstacle, and when it came to eventually me having the brain surgery and needing all that i was like right. i was like this is just a bump in the road this is just an obstacle or or a bump in the head if you will right <laughs> but it was just and and I, that was part of why i wanted to have this platform so that i could have billy on my podcast and be like do you understand how important that moment was for me do you understand how much that meant to me and i just want to take the time to, to really on the record, tell you how grateful I am. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to ha- you know, have this platform and have this voice and continue to do that. And that's why I always want to make sure I tell you on the record, I absolutely appreciate you. I appreciate your energy. I notice how much, how much you're grinding and hustling. And I see you. I hope you know that I see you. And I hope you feel heard and seen. Because if it ain't, if it ain't now, it'll be later. It's gonna pay off for you. Well, thank you, thank you.
1: I, 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 you know, it, 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 it's so. Uh, you know how you how you had to like how you said earlier how you had to check yourself on, on on social media. I had to check myself a couple months ago as well too. I said I. We water a plant, right? We we plant the seed and we water and we watch it grow. There's no seed that I can think of that you planted, and tomorrow it's a full-blown tree. Mm -hmm. So for me, every morning that I wake up, I check that flower. I check that plant to see if it's grown, and it's still growing. And I'm waiting for that tree to come because, to put that in layman's terms, every morning I wake up and I check my email. Maybe somebody somebody wants me to host their podcast and, and actually pay me money for it. Maybe somebody wants me to edit their podcast or produce their podcast, or you know, maybe AEW wants me to come on as a podcast, or maybe WWE wants me to be a podcast, or maybe MLW wants me to be a podcaster. I don't know. ROH. I don't know. Maybe somebody can pull me into the wrestling business and say, hey, bro, we want to pay you to be a podcast. But mm-hmm. every- I used to wake up and get so discouraged, like, man, still not my day. I was like, you know what? Let me just be patient because my tree is not here yet. And one of the things I realized too though, of course, that once that tree is here, it, that's not it. Because I had a conversation with somebody and we were talking about it. It was like, so when I get there, it doesn't mean that's it, right? I perform at a certain level to get me to the dance <laughs> now that I have this dance. I need to up, I need to step my level up so that people now look at me and go, wow, this guy really belongs here and they want to strive to be like me. So in the realm of podcasting, Conrad Thompson, who does, you know, the Bruce Pritchard podcast, the Kurt Angle podcast, the the Eric Bischoff podcast, so so on and so forth. I want to be like him because Mm -hmm. he wakes up and he gets to talk to six of the coolest people. I'm just, I, I think that's how many podcasts he does. He gets to talk to five or six of the coolest people every day. And he gets paid for it. Right. And I, so one day I'm going to get there and I want to be able to look back at things like this and say that I grind for it. I worked for it, but I'll always never forget because I always had this in my mentality from when I started wrestling. And I drilled this into the head of the younger wrestlers. And that is when you're walking up to the top floor, whether you jump out the top floor window or whether you take the elevator and walk back down. Or you even take the stairs. Everybody that you passed on the way up, you want to pass them on the way down. So they could either they could either cheer you on and, on the way up and cheer you on the way down. Or on the way up, as, you, as you're treating them like shit, right? When you're walking back down, they'll be kicking you in the ass down the stairs. I don't want to be kicked in the ass. I tell people. And I've said this from when I first went to wrestling school. You know what? Maybe one day I'll be famous. But you know what? I'm going to still be the same OG. I just have a little bit of mo- more money, and I have a little bit of a nicer car. That's it. My phone number will still be the same. If you've ever had my phone number, text it. It still works. And, Corey, I'm thinking about it. You don't have my phone number, so I'm going to give it to you. I don't know what you'll do with it, but take it. Use
0: it. Same, dude. I, I, I very much, I'm very much – dude, I've had the same phone number since, like, 2001. 2003. Uh, yeah, and I, I always say, like, I, I don't delete anybody's number. Uh, everybody, everybody who's got my number knows that they can use it at any time. Yep. and I, I absolutely it, it it turns me like into a hypocrite sometimes. like when I'm recording or something and someone's trying to call me, I'm like, oh, I'll get right back <laughs> like in my brain. I'm like, I'll get right back to you. I'll get right back to you. I'm right in the middle of something. So it'll be like I don't hate to be a hypocrite and be like, well, get a hold of me anytime and then I don't get back to you. It's not me not getting back to you. I'll get back to you. Like, that's absolutely the case. I don't want to keep anybody on red. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, big time anybody because, like, it sucks. It sucks. I, I, the same thing. Like, uh, it's like this generation, this next generation that, that I've been teaching lessons to will get up, get, will, will get to the top of the building. Right. And, and if they're up there and they're like, that dude was a dick to me. Right. Then, did they have an influence? If they have an influence to, to get me a spot, any of the, any of the, th- those jobs you you said that like th- those dream jobs, like any of those companies say, Hey, we want that person. Like for sure, for sure. If, if somebody knows me and knows that I'm somebody reliable and, and, and good at what I do, they will, they will vouch for me instead of going, sucks right and 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 i I look at it the same i look at it this way i say it all the time my friends who don't my other friends who don't have podcasts who i think have an a a unique outlook on things and have a voice that's evolved i always say you know start your own thing you having you having a thing and your success doesn't it's not in competition with mine because because like I, I would rather I would rather applaud you getting somewhere and being somewhere you want to be because because I deep down I love you. I need you just as much. I need you just as much to do well as I need myself to do well. And I agree. Then, and if I see you do it I'm like, "Man, I'm inspired. Man, I'm inspired." So like when I see people that like I I know like one one of my friends just made it onto the main roster in WWE like uh, that's so so freaking cool, huh? Damian Priest. You know what? I was just thinking sitting here thinking about Damian Priest, making
1: because I used to wrestle with with him back in the day. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been around for a while. On YouTube, where I wrestled him and Eddie Orengo, who's a referee for WWE. Right, right, yeah, yeah so he's a
0: Bandito Junior.
1: Bandito Junior. Yeah. For uh-huh. me, like I I don't have any hate in my heart that mm-hmm. somebody else. Because you know what? That's one of the guys that right. that we work with that went up there. Yeah. I want those people to be successful. There's, right. there's a kid, mentor right now, and I know he's going to watch this, right? His name is Brian Lynch, right? He loves wrestling so much that I think that he's going to be one of those people that makes it. Either he's going to be a referee or he's going to be a wrestler, right? He's going to be one of those two because he's built for both. Mm-hmm. And I always told him, you know what? I didn't make it at a young age because I was too afraid to make
0: it. And yeah, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm lending this from Aubrey Marcus. Uh, he says, he says, you got to be fit for service. So if you're, if you're called upon to do a thing, you better be fit to do the thing you're called upon to do. So right when it came to that, like I said, too, when I when I got my my stuff with WWE, when I did my stuff, I wasn't ready. I wasn't right. I wasn't good. Like I, don't, I I wasn't prepared for it, and I wasn't looking at it the right way. And I'm not blaming. I wouldn't blame it a single soul, except me. You know what I mean? Like it, it's 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 uh for sure not up. Uh, it's not anybody else's duty to give me a spot. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, I went to a Ring of Honor
1: tryout. And I was going like 260 pounds. And Jim Cornette pulled me to the side and go, kid, you can move. You move like the small guys. Do me a favor. Lose a little bit of weight and come back. I want to see you again. I never went back. You know why? Because I was afraid. So what I tried to preach to, to, to Brian and all the other younger wrestlers is don't be afraid. If you want it, go get it. Because if you think that you deserve it and you're waiting for somebody to just give it to you, the person that is working for it is going to get it right. Mm -hmm. What they don't get fed. If you're sitting there to get fed, the person that's hungry is going to get fed because they're going to go and get the food and not only they're going to get their food, they're going to eat my food too. And you know how many times my food has been eaten bro? there's no reason, no reason when I was 24, right? When I was half 20. There's no reason when I was 24, 25 that I couldn't have been on WWE, right? Because I was coachable at the time. You know, my bones didn't hurt. I I was able to do what I had to do. But the reason why I didn't get to get those opportunities was I was afraid. I was always thinking, what if I was never good enough? And now at half 30, I shoot my shot a lot more because I I want to be greatest i want to do this with this podcast or wrestling or whatever it is that that comes my way all right
0: two more quick things i'll send you off into the sunset with a hot dog and a handshake no problem i love hot hot dogs all right so um time stamp right now right time stamp right now it's it's 2021 we just got through like the weirdest year um but let's just say i'm calling this segment audio time travel Ten years, twenty years, thirty years from now, someone stumbles across this audio because this shit is outliving us. Whether we're here or not, there's a message that these people are going to receive from understanding what Twister's really like and the the journey that made him what he is, the life lessons that he's learned. Uh, what is the message? Audio time travel go right into the future, and you're talking to like your your family, your loved ones, your. Your, your your girl, your kids, whoever you want to direct the message to, what are you saying? So
1: if any of my family in the future ever gets this video, you know, kids, niece, nephew, you know, cousins, whoever and hear that I'm a wrestler or personality, you know, the, the message is don't let anybody put you in a box. You define your box. When people say things like you're, you know, I'm weird, right? Because I know that I'm an eccentric kind of dude. Right, And I enjoy being that. I've always been the central kind of dude. Mm-hmm. But I would never say that I'm weird because when I say that I'm weird, I'm putting myself in a box that somebody built for me. I don't want to be in somebody else's box. I want to be in my box. And you know what? I might want to paint that box too. So be you, be the purest form of you, and always be true to yourself.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So take th- take this too, if, if you want, like apply this, use this if you want. I've said it on the show a billion times and I'll say it probably a billion more times. But it's like, I'm I i I'm really careful about how I advertise myself. So I won't say, I won't come out here and tell you I'm smart. I won't tell you I'm funny. Because if we're talking for 10 minutes and I don't say anything funny or smart, you can be like, this dude, not only is he not funny, but he's a liar. Not only is he not smart, he's a liar. So instead, I let my I let my 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 myself speak for me, who I am speak for me. So I, I read this in a book uh, a while ago, and he said uh, Napoleon Hill. He wrote, um, uh, "Tell the world what you intend to do. Show them first. So apply that. Take it. Use it. However you want. Absolutely. Don't don't advertise yourself as uh, be careful what don't I don't want to say don't. just be careful about what you advertise yourself as and what you identify as. like True. be water as Bruce as Bruce Lee would say. <laughs> be water, be flexible in that. Right. Be fluid. Uh, so hypothetically, this is the way I wrap it up every time. I, hypothetically, I'm gifting you this show. So from now on, Evolving with Tristan Law. This has been episode one, the pilot episode of your newest podcast. In a very Jerry Springer's final thought type of way, you could put a little pretty bow on it and tell everybody what lessons they can learn or what habits they can use to become, you know, a better version of themselves tomorrow. Or what we, what, what are the main takeaways from this conversation? And then after you do that, uh, in your best Alf impression, you say, "Hey, Willie." just to keep it silly.
1: All right. So thank you everybody for watching episode one of evolving with Tristan law. I hope that you had a great time, Corey. I hope that you had a great time on my show as well, too. You know, from this episode, I hope that you get that. You can get what you want. If you, if you work for it, everybody has a struggle. You know, you might be looking at the person next to you on, on the highway. And they may be going to the same exact place where you're going, but you may be taking the long road. And just because you take the long road, it doesn't mean that you will never get there. Hey, Willie!
0: (laughs) Until next time on Evolving with Tristan
1: Law. Corey, it was a pleasure
0: having you. Yeah, man. Uh, I just want to say anybody who's listening to the show... If this is your first time checking out Evolving with Corey Castle, go back and check out the other 220-some t- episodes on any of the podcast streaming apps. Make sure you hit subscribe so you get new episodes every Monday. Uh, check check out the YouTube page. The video element is, is the brand newest thing of the show, and I'm digging the way it looks. So check it out, youtube.com slash Corey Castle. Hit that subscribe button so that you'll get notified every single time a new episode drops. And thanks so much for the currency of your effort being paid to me and your your attention. Tris, dude, I, I, I just want to I want to make sure this is beat into your brain so you know this. <laughs> if there's any way I can be a resource for you in anything, anything you ever need to talk to me about, absolutely reach out to me. And I, I'm 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 pleased that this is still just the very beginning for us.
1: Yeah. And you know what's funny? We've, for people watching, you and I have never met each other in face to face. Never. right? right. Never. Never. Yeah. I don't know how tall you are as compared to me. I don't know what you smell like. I don't. I'm not going to smell you. Don't worry. But you know what? I can consider you a friend,
0: even though we've never met each other. We're like pen pals. Nah. That's that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful part of the world right now. A lot of people who I'm closest with at the very moment are people who I haven't met in real life, and I'm 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 pleased to be able to have you on that list.
1: Well, thank you very much, and I look
0: forward to talking to you soon. Everybody, look out
1: for the Tristan Law Show. New episodes every Wednesday at TristanLawShow.com, and where you find podcasts.
0: Be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving.